Welcome to On Purpose, a podcast designed for all women that want to live this one messy, hard, fun, challenging, and exciting life we've been given on purpose and with intention. It is our heartfelt belief that women do that better when we're together, better when we are connected, better when we learn from each other. Each episode, you'll be hearing from Elizabeth on a variety of ways that we can be more intentional with our lives. We hope to inspire you and encourage you as we engage together on purpose. Here's your host, Elizabeth Pearson. Hi, friends. Thank you for tuning into another episode of On Purpose. Many of you know that I grew up in a small town in central Florida, right between Tampa and Orlando. And in this town, everybody knew everybody. You didn't just have to worry about your own mom catching you doing something wrong, but actually any mom in the town, because they all had each other's backs. They were all looking after each other's kids. It was like they were in some type of coalition together, almost as if it was one big family looking after each other. It was truly community living. And not much has changed back home. Many people still live there, shop at the same grocery store, walk the same lake every morning, attend the same church, and have the same friends. And I still have the same collective moms that text me, that call me, and pray for me. And in many ways, not much has changed back home. And I love that. In 1983, Michael W. Smith released the song Friends. I'm not going to sing it, but you know the one. Friends are friends forever if the Lord's the Lord of them. That song was so popular back then, especially if you went to a Christian school where that was your only genre of music to listen to. It was played at every graduation, ceremony, or event where they wanted to tug on your heartstrings. And I'm not going to lie, I was a sucker for that song. And oh, I believed it. Like I wanted to believe so badly that a friend will not say never because the welcome will not end. But I wish I knew back then about that word never. I have a hand towel in my kitchen that says, as soon as you say my child would never, here they come never, nevering like never before. It's so true. I wanted to believe that friendships would never end. I envisioned all of my high school and college besties living in the same cul-de-sac with Belinda Carlisle's Heaven is a Place on Earth playing softly in the background. I know that was outside of the genre of music I was allowed to listen to, but I blame that on my friend Joy. You see, I wanted to believe that friends were friends forever, that they would never leave. And at the very least, I didn't want to believe that things would ever change, especially when it came to my relationships and with the people that I love. Have I ever told you that I am not a lover of change? I am not a lover of change. But I promise you that I am working on it. I know that I know that I know in my head, change is inevitable. Everything changes. Think about it. Caterpillars, the seasons, the world, changing of the guards in Europe. I mean, we all know the price of eggs has changed. Technology changes, styles, trends, beliefs. Our children's moods change within a minute's time. And most of all, people change. I change, you change. At least I hope I do. I certainly don't want to be the same version of myself that I was when I was 20 or 30. We all change. And with that, friendships change. Now, they often don't change overnight. Some probably do. You might have someone walk away from you with little to no explanation. 
Or maybe you do know why, but the sudden impact of their loss in your life still hurts. Many times, it's more subtle than that. Your friend moves away and you pinky promise to talk every day like you used to, but a day turns into a week, turns into a month, and before you know it, things have changed. Or one of you forms a hobby or takes a new job or has a grandchild and spending time together multiple times a week is no longer an option. Or you and your bestie might be growing and evolving at different speeds and you suddenly find that you no longer relate to each other like you used to. Oftentimes, it's a result of two people taking different life paths or simply a matter of differing priorities in this new season of life you're in. And we've got to remember, this is a normal part of life, but it doesn't always make it easy. I, too, have struggled with the hurt of lost friendships, no longer feeling wanted or feeling left out, not being picked or being chosen. I face friendships that have changed over time, and I long for what once was. We've all had friends, right, that have moved or been influenced by a new group of people, And you miss the friend that you once knew. You miss the relationship that you once had. And it's hard. I get it. So if you're in the middle of a friendship shift, I encourage you not to minimize it. Feel your feelings around all of it. You are not alone. You aren't. It's interesting to me because even though we understand that friendships will look different in different stages of life based on circumstances, time, finances, proximity, and even seasons, sometimes when those friendships that we value so much change, it's hard not to take it personally. It can feel like a rejection. It can feel like loss. It can feel like grief. It can leave us with questions wondering, what did we do wrong? It's like we invited them to have a seat at our table, but after a while of dining with you, they got up and left. And that can be hard for many of us, right? I have a friend that has an open table policy with every friendship in her life, giving them complete liberty to come and go as they need without taking it personally, without getting hurt. She loves people so well that she gives them the freedom to get up from the table when they need to and return to the table when and if they are ready. I mean, wow. What kind of love is that? What kind of freedom is that? I know I want to be loved that way. It's incredible to think about. And as much as I love her, this podcast is not for her. It's not for those of you that already have an open table policy. For the most part, I'm really talking to the women out there that are working on this. Those that internalize everything, that love big. Their feelings and emotions for others run deep and often on their sleeves. And if you're like I am, on your face. And maybe even for the people pleasers that are listening today. Not that everyone doesn't have friends and love their people. I am not saying that. But I do know some women that are more easily able to think with their heads and don't want to be bogged down with their feelings, almost as if they don't have time for that. I know some women that are able to departmentalize, accept it, and move on easier than others. I am not yet one of those people. To the women that can do that easily in a healthy way, I applaud you. For the rest of you, I want you to know that you are not alone. 
So knowing that change is inevitable, knowing that relationships in our lives have changed, are changing, or will eventually change, what can we intentionally do in order to move forward? How could we approach friendship shifts in a healthy way? My friend Vicki taught me that the same mind that got you here can't be the same mind that gets you out. In other words, nothing changes if nothing changes. So how can we approach a friendship shift differently than we have before? What does that look like practically? I did a little digging and I wanted to share with you some things that I've learned. When you feel like you're about to be in a friendship shift or you already know that you're in one or you can see that it has drastically changed but you want to approach it in a new healthy way, what can we do? So first of all, start with a friendship triangle. Start with the friendship triangle. Years ago, I read the book Frentimacy by Shasta Nelson, where she writes that a friendship is a mutual relationship between two people that is satisfying, safe, and where both people feel seen. If something feels off in a relationship, more than likely you no longer feel satisfied or safe or seen. And in this book, she outlines a concept called the friendship triangle. And the friendship triangle is a great diagnostic tool that you can use to figure out what's really going on. So picture a triangle in your head. The base of the triangle is positivity, and the two sides of the triangle are consistency and vulnerability. If you look at your friendships through this lens, you're able to see what's off balance and then adjust accordingly. She says that every good relationship needs an equal balance of these three things. If one of them is lacking, you will feel the imbalance in your relationship. So for example, if you just have positivity and consistency, which is fun times that are repeated often, but they lack vulnerability, then it's most likely just a social group that lacks you feeling really known and supported. Or she says, if you have positivity and vulnerability, a meaningful time where you felt seen and appreciated, but it lacks consistency so that it's not ever repeated, then it was probably just a really special moment with someone, but not a deep friendship. And lastly, if you have consistency and vulnerability, deep sharing happening all the time, but your relationship lacks positivity, then it's just become a draining friendship that leaves you feeling weary. You see, we have to have all three. So the first thing that you can do is to look at the friendship triangle to see where the imbalance is and then adjust accordingly. Another thing that you can do that I would encourage you to do is to check your expectations. Check yourself. Ask if you're desiring too much from the other person. We all have different capacities, stress loads, and tipping points, right? For instance, I might be in a season where I have more time and capacity than my friend. And it would not be fair of me to expect something from her that she doesn't have to give. And instead of having lofty expectations, I could extend some grace. In addition to differing capacities like I just talked about, we don't always fully know what other people are carrying. And even if we do know what they're carrying, we don't know how it might affect that person differently than it does us. Right now, my daughter and I are fundraising for a mission trip, and although asking for money is way out of my comfort zone, it doesn't stress me out. My friend, however, who also has to raise money for her mission trip, 
confided in me that it completely overwhelms her. It's almost crippling. And immediately I understood what she meant. Not because I feel the same way about the mission trip, but because I felt the same way yesterday just going to the airport. Now, I know that might sound crazy to you, but not to me because I am directionally challenged. And that honestly is a huge understatement. I have to use my GPS everywhere I go, especially if it's outside of my five-mile little bubble that I live in. So I typed in the airport in my GPS, making sure to pay particular attention that it was to the domestic arrivals and not the international arrivals. Because yes, I have done that on more than one occasion. And I was following my map just fine until I hit construction and the roads on my GPS didn't match the new roads that were just built. And of course, I accidentally ended up on the wrong road like I often do. And I was completely stressed out trying to make sure that I was going to get there on time. So I was having to navigate my way back to the correct highway. Again, making sure I had the right pickup location on my map. I headed back down to the airport. And just as I passed the international exit, my friend texted me to let me know that they were on an international connecting flight. And so therefore, I would need to pick her up there. So I kept driving to the domestic airport because that was what it said to do on my screen. And I didn't know where else to go. And once I got there, I pulled over, I rerouted my GPS to get me back to the international terminal. And I got to say, I proudly found my way back to the international arrivals, only to receive another call that she misunderstood the directions and I needed to pick her up at domestic after all. Now, for anyone else, this might be no big deal. But you have got to understand, directions to me is like what I imagine kryptonite is to Superman. So again, just because something seems easy to you. Pause and maybe offer some grace to your friend for whatever load she might be currently carrying, no matter how big or small it seems to you. Another thing I might offer is to have a conversation, to have a conversation, and oftentimes a hard conversation. Lisa Turkus shares in her book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, that relationships often end not because of conversations that were had, but because of the ones that were not had. Relationships often end not because of conversations that were had, but because of the ones that were not had. So if you've checked your expectations and you believe they're within reason, the next step might be to have a conversation. And the reason I say this is because in your mind, your expectations might be realistic but maybe not to your friend. Just this afternoon, I had an emotional, difficult, hard, but necessary conversation with one of my daughters about expectations. You see, growing up in my home, expectations were often and readily verbalized, and they were expected to be met. But David and I, my husband and I, have only three rules in our home that we expect everyone in the family to follow. That includes David and me as well. We expect you to be honest, obedient, and respectful. Or an easy way to remember that is that we will not allow you to be dishonest, disobedient, or disrespectful. And because there's only three, we feel like we have very few expectations of our children. And I say feel like because after talking with my daughter today during that conversation, I learned that although we do not verbally have a lot of expectations, there are unspoken, felt expectations in our home that she feels deeply. And I would have not known that if we hadn't had that talk. 
In that conversation, we also talked about priorities and what we value. And it's important to make sure that what we value is in alignment with what's called our TME. In the book, The Art of Showing Up, Rachel Wilkerson Miller recommends looking at friendship through the lens of your TME. That's your time, your money, and your resources. So your TME is your time, your money, and your resources. In any relationship, if your TME and your values aren't in alignment, something will feel off. Something is distorted. And as my daughter so wisely said, when that happens, you just feel conflicted. She's right. If you're feeling conflicted in any relationship, I would encourage you, like I did to her, write down all that you value and prioritize. And then I want you to put it in an order from top to bottom, what you prioritize the most to what you prioritize the least. And then see if your TME is aligned. And next, speak your truth. Don't be afraid to be honest. Don't be afraid to share what's on your heart. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Brene Brown writes that vulnerability is a risk we have to take if we want to experience connection. It's the greatest risk of all to be vulnerable, to allow others to see us as we really are. The most vulnerable conversations I have ever had are the ones that also gave me the greatest connection to any friend. And I bet the same is true of you. Sure, I love to have a good time. I love to laugh. But more than anything, I long for connection with the people that I love. And vulnerable conversations are the catalyst for just that. Again, as Brene so brilliantly writes, daring greatly means the courage to be vulnerable. It means to show up and be seen, to ask for what you need, to talk about how you're feeling, to have the hard conversations. Y'all, hard conversations need to be had. And if you feel the friendship has changed or shifted for any known or unknown reason and you value that friendship, it's worth a conversation, even if it's hard, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And if that friend values your friendship, she will want you to feel seen, safe, and satisfied. It's like reaching out your hand to see if she will extend hers as well. And if she doesn't, this is the hardest step of all. Accept the new dynamics. Why is acceptance so hard? Our very first episode on this podcast was on letting go of the desired outcome. Accepting what is. And if you believe that friends are friends forever, this one might be a hard one for you too. One of the most difficult things when friendships change is accepting the new reality. It is really hard to accept that the person you talk to every day is now more of an acquaintance. And I don't want you to minimize that. You are allowed to mourn the loss of a friendship. Give yourself the time you need to be sad. And then once you've felt all the feelings, this is where acceptance comes in. We have to remind ourselves that change is normal. It's a natural part of life. And learning to hold what's valuable to us with open hands can be very, very difficult. We tend to want to grab what we love and hold on for dear life. At least I know I do. The beauty of an ever-changing life, though, is that relationship just might be restored in the future. Who knows? But if so, understand that most likely, when and if it does, it will look different than it did before. 
You know why? Because just like that relationship has changed, you have changed. She has changed. And what you now bring to the table will be different. And who knows, it might even be better, maybe even a little healthier. I've talked with a number of women lately that have found themselves in the middle of a relationship shift with someone they love. And it's interesting. I think that we as women tend to take on the burden of a failed relationship way more so than men, even if it's not necessarily our fault. We can be so hard on ourselves, and I think it starts at a very young age. Take young boys and girls, for example. If your son comes off the soccer field after a tough loss, boys tend to blame the ref for bad calls, the coach for his decisions, opposing players for dirty play, and even his own teammates. But girls, they get in the car after a tough game and they immediately take credit for the loss. I should have scored that goal. I should have passed it sooner. I shouldn't have let her take the ball from me. Next time you're in the car with your daughters or your sons, listen to them. I think it's so interesting because somehow, some way, women start to be hard on themselves at a very, very young age. Losing a friend doesn't mean that you did something wrong. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It's a part of life. When friendships change, I think it's important to free yourself from the responsibility of that loss. The reality is that relationships will continue to ebb and flow for the rest of your life. Y'all, change is necessary. Change is good. I'm talking to myself. Change is a natural part of life. I want to say one more thing regarding friendships if you're a mom. I had a friend recently reach out to me about one of her daughters not getting along with her best friend, and it complicated the matter because the moms are best friends too. And so she wanted to know if she should get involved in the daughter's tip. Although I definitely believe the less involvement, the better when it comes to our children figuring out things on their own. I'm very old school in that regard. However, having said that, moms, I want you to know that your daughters are watching you. They are seeing and hearing what you have to say. They are following your example. They are catching how to relate to their friends through you. Because I believe the majority of what our kids learn is caught, not taught. Be honest with them. Walk alongside them. I know so many adult women that have grown up adult friendship issues because of what was modeled or not modeled for them as children. So talk with your daughters about what authentic friendships really look like. Ask her if she feels seen, safe, and satisfied. Talk to her about speaking her truth, about having expectations and friendships, about what it looks like to extend grace. Talk to her about being vulnerable, about sharing her needs, about having hard conversations about feeling her feelings, and also, just as importantly, about accepting change. Let her know this is a normal part of life. And maybe by learning this early on, she too can have an open table policy and spare herself a lot of unnecessary heartache in the future. And maybe, just maybe, if you ever hear that old ballad about friends or friends forever, instead of getting all nostalgic on yourself, reminiscing about friendships that were lost, maybe you can take a deep breath 
Be grateful for your relationships past, present, and future. And you can hold your hands wide open and remember that change is a normal, good, and necessary part of life. And P.S., if you ever ask me for directions, I am so sorry. I hope you join us next time on purpose. Have a great day.